my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Welcome back to Women Starting Over. I have a very unusual guest today. She is totally amazing. She's somebody that I'm just getting to know. She does live close to me, which is really fun. She's a Hispanic business leader, which I absolutely love. She's been featured on radio talk shows, TV, newspapers, magazines, and Latina, and to Dinero, and much more. She employs 70 people in her very successful company, which she is going to share about with us, and has earned the President's Club Award, generating over a million in business. She now mentors franchisees herself. The wonderful thing is she has a passion to prevent and end domestic violence because you will find out how she herself lived through domestic violence, horrific violence, was even shot. Welcome, Martha Yamas. Well, thank you, Nora. Very, very uh, nice to be here with you and very honored for your invite. I'm excited to share my story with all those powerful women. Yes, we have a lot of women all over the world and Argentina. You want to say hello in Spanish? (laughs) Hola, mi gente de Argentina, preciosas. Vamos a inspirarnos. That was great. And you did that a lot better than I did. I think last time I said, buenos dias, and that's all I know. So, but we love each other, and we have the same heart. And I love every one of our listeners from different continents, and it's growing. It's very exciting to help women starting over. <laughs> that, that is that is amazing what you do. It's an incredible work, and that is my passion, too, that uh, to lift up other women, not to not to put ourselves down, but to lift us up. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with you telling okay. us your story. Well, um, as you mentioned already, uh, I'm a, I was born in Mexico, Jalisco, uh, Mexico. I came here to the United States when I was 11 years old. My mom running away from my father, uh my mom has eight kids, had eight kids, and she was physically abused, running away from my father, uh, then moved us back here to the United States when I was 11 years old. And my mom were, was dad and mom at the same time. She had two jobs to support all of us. I grew up without any parenting. I mean, my mom was always working, and I just, you know, we did whatever we needed to do to go to school, come back, and do the same thing in South Phoenix, uh, survive in the hood, that's how we call it. Uh, But uh, by the age of 17, I was so tired hanging out with my friends and having fun and having no rule in my life. I decided that it was time for me at the age of 17 to find a husband. I got got, um, 
kicked out of high school, so I didn't have anything to I didn't have anything but to look for a husband because that's mm-hmm. the mentality that that I grew up in. Women marry get married to a man who has who can support you and have kids and live a happy life, right? Absolutely, that is the the dream of uh, women that grow up and in poor uh, countries. And that's, that was my mentality. I think because that, that is a dream in just about any country. <laughs> right. My father, my father told us because we are four sisters. Um, this is how my dad used to tell us women belong in the kitchen and pregnant. Mm, sure. That yeah. is, and, and that was my mentality, but my mom was a very strong and powerful woman. But she decided to leave them because uh, my sister didn't, uh, she wanted to go to school. And that's what he told, my dad told us that no, women belong pregnant in, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So we grew up with that mentality. But um, when at the age of 17, I wanted to, you know, find a husband, a nice husband that can support me and give me a good life. Unfortunately, I grew up in, a, in, in neighborhoods where very common uh, survive, see drug dealers and, and you know, and the drug world. And this guy, uh, I, we, you know, we hang out in the clubs with people who sell drugs, etc. This guy was 30 years older than me. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, not 30, 15 years older than me. He was 30 and I was seven, 15, 17 when I met him. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I, I saw him, I thought he was the ideal man for me. He was going to love me and take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the back of my head, I was thinking this is kind of like a father that I never had. I unfortunately, uh, he took me to California and that's, Three months later, after I moved in with him, I didn't know what uh, crazy man I was moving into. He ended up being a, he was a very big uh, drug lord, and he was so bad to me. Like, he raped me, um, physically abused me, he tortured me, he did everything he could to break me down or to put me down as I, I was just the, the, the wife of the drug lord wow. and it, living in that life it was so crazy it was it was I don't know how to describe it but for four years I was kidnapped I was uh, I I always got everything I wanted everything I needed and and he gave me everything but I was in a prison sure. wow. and and, and having, uh, this is uh, when I say, this is what I talk with my friends or when I give uh, talk to a group of women that are getting out of their uh, um, abuse, I tell them the hardest thing that you can go through is when, when somebody just, just puts you down every second. It's like, you are no one, you're nobody, you're nobody without me, you're... You, you're a loser. You're going to end up being a prostitute without me. The worst things the men can tell you to put you down and, and break your dreams and, and not and not make, I mean, it, it was so bad. It was so crazy what he did to me in so many, so many ways. But one of the things that, that he would say is that I, I was a loser. I wasn't nobody. 
every penny that he would give me, he would tell me, this is, you have to make this last for a week or you have to do this control, complete control of me, my soul and, and me as a woman. So for me, that for the, I met him in uh, two, I mean, I'm sorry, it was in 91. And in 96, that's when I could not take it anymore because my son was four years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I told I told him I need to take my son to school because he needs to start Head Start. And then we started fighting. He, he was already uh, using heavy drugs and he was uh, an alcoholic and everything else. And when I, I started defending myself, defending my child that he needed to go to school, that's when things turned for the worse. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I'm, it was like, that's it. I can't take it anymore or you kill me or I kill you. I have to defend my two children. I, I cannot see my children grow in this life. And we started fighting and um, we started uh he started beating me and, and doing all the things that a man does to put you down. Uh, and then all of, all of a sudden he pulls a gun and shoots me. Mm. And um, when he leaves me there, I mean, I beg for my life and he wanted to shoot me. He wanted to shoot me again in the forehead and I screamed so loud and hard and, and I begged for my life and my kids were there. They started screaming and crying and, and all of a sudden he woke up and, and realized what he did. And, and, and when I looked at him again in the eye and I, I begged him for my life for my, to be, you know, for save my kids, he had, I looked at him in the eye and, and when you see the devil, that's what you, wow. that's what I saw in his eyes that, I, I have a big angel protecting me at that moment because all of a sudden he shakes his head and turns around and runs away, leaves me bleeding. And, and I jump to the other side of the bed, call 911 and five minutes later, I'm passing out. And the only thing I hear was the ambulance and the kids crying. After that moment, uh, the, I, I didn't know what happened to me. Then I woke up the next morning in the hospital. And for me, it was like a ton of bricks fell out of my back. Mm. I felt relief. I felt, I mean, I didn't even know that he ran away, that he was never caught by the police. He literally disappeared. And, and, but for me, it was like a, 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 a such a relief that I, I smiled at my family and I said, I made it. After that, for me, the number one focus it was my kids. My, I had, I mean, we had to get out of the uh, apartment and move into a, a, a room with my mom, my three brothers, and my two kids. So it was seven people in one, in one room. But we had to move out and hide from the crazy man because he was never caught. But my mom, uh, she was there next to me. And, and my mom was working as a janitor in this big company. And after a month, I was still healing. My mom said, Martha, do you want, you want to work with me or what do you want to do? You want to work, you want to go get food stamps? What do you want to do? And I got, I had the choice to pick either survive out of food stamps, go apply for food stamps and then let the government 
support me or go get a janitor, uh, a job being a cleaner as a janitor. And I said, oh, heck no, mom, I'm, I'm going with you. I'm picking that route. And I started working um, in, at 1997 at $5 an hour. I started working eight hours a day as a janitor. And it was my first time in my life that I, it was my first job. I never mm-hmm. worked before. The first, when I got my first $300, it was, it was for two weeks. I think it was two weeks and it was like $300, $400. When I first saw those $400, I felt like, <gasps> it was like, I, that was a big thing for me because I felt powerful. I got yes. to get my own money to, to pay for gas. I got to to choose a restaurant when I wanted to spend my money or buy my kids a happy meal with my own money. It was it was like an empowerment. It, 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 you know, it, yes. for me that was an awakening moment right there. That you you get a check for what you work for, and that is a big big empowerment. I remember those like that. I still have that check stub. That's great. Oh, good for you. And and, I mean, it was so crazy that that, that for me, it was a big deal. And and because I was so focused on on working so hard and not thinking about what happened to me in the past, because one of the things that came back to me every day, every day, you are going to be a prostitute without me. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a loser without me. You can't live without me. how are you going to do it? How are you going to work? It was like engraved in my mind. And, and, and for me, it was a, a daily fight to say, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. That, that uh, not, I would not say ego, that the guts that tell me, you know, I love myself. I have to love myself. I cannot let yes. this man control my mind. He's gone. He already shot me. He killed me. He's dead. But because of all the things he did to me over the course of four years, Nora, my body was addicted to him. Mm. He, it was so tough mm. for me. After four months, I was still crying for him. But in, in, and it was a constant fight with my mind, my 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 pride. That's the word that I want to use. It was, I, I have to have pride. He used to tell me that I was going to do this, that I was going to be this, that I would, I'm not going to let him win. To find myself back into having my own control of my mind and my body, that is the toughest thing a woman can go through, yes. especially when you go through hell. Yes. And and I, it's bit, it's go good how you put it like an addiction. And it is a kind of sickness, and I lived through it myself, and it took me a while to see and understand about myself and participating in it. I didn't want to believe that, but I, it was a, a kind of sickness. And when we can recognize that as women, doesn't mean, oh, there's something wrong with us necessarily as we have been, got programmed that way. You grew up that way. There's things that happened to me that got me into the marriages that I was in. There's a reason we get into those kinds of marriages and situations. But once you recognize there's, you can get healed, there is a way out. And 
uh, I love that you had those two times of freedom when you yes. started to defend your children. And that's what woke me up is my kids. And that is the number one fight for me. It was yeah. my kids. And once you, you, you have to fight not just for yourself, but somebody else depends on you. Yes. That is, that is a very, very powerful thing. When you just talk to yourself, look into the mirror and talk to yourself and say, this is what I really want. It, when I, I confronted that, the evil man, for me, I knew it was it. I could not take it anymore. It was, you know, you're going to live or die, period. Right. And I'm so blessed that I survived, that I, I lived and, and, and God is giving me a second, I gave me a second chance and opportunity in life to to reflect on that. And, and I know he has a purpose in me and I think I'm going the right way because I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot for other women. But going back to, to, to that change, when it was so hard for me, mm-hmm. yes. I, I remember driving. It was like a 30 minute drive from my house, from the house to the, to the job. And I would cry in the car. I would mm-hmm. cry like bawling in the car and I would turn on like it can be music that would make me angry. And at the same time, music that would make me cry. All the emotions mix. And then as soon as I get out of the car and people were around me, I would smile, remove my tears and smile and, and and tell the world it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Wonderful. And, and that is when you able to 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 handle that part, things start happening to you. When you tell yourself, show the world your smile, show the world that you can handle this. Even though you're dying inside of you, go stay in the corner, go hide in the closet, cry your eyes out. Let it all out, come out and smile. Be the warrior that we can be and just show the world that nobody's going to stop us. And that's what it, that's what I did without even knowing I was I was I was doing therapy to myself. Yes, that's a great therapy. That's absolutely <laughs> wonderful advice. And the thing is, you got to the point, I got to the point where we were done. You have to be done with the abuse and stop allowing yourself to be a target and participating in it. Yes. And that is one of the things that a lot of women that unfortunately, uh, they're very lucky they don't go through what we go through. Uh, they tell them, like, why you let them do that? Is it not? Why, why you stay that long? Once they get, once they start playing with your mind and, 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 and they, they know you very well. It's like, a, like I said before, it's a drug. You, you're afraid to to get out. You're you're in this cycle of violence. It's very hard to get out of the cycle, and and because of be, having that pride, it says, "Why am I going to leave the father of my kids?" Finding the most uh, ridiculous excuses, and and saying to myself, "No, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I can change him. He can get better. Tomorrow is going right. to get better." That is a lie. That is. Every time I would run away from him, I ran like 20 times, he would find me mm. under a rock. And every time I would come back, several times he forced me to come back, kidnap me and bring me back. And it was worse. Mm. Every time it was worse and worse. But uh, that's the sad part. So let's go back to going back <laughs> to, to, to getting my first 
check and and, and yes. being so focused and working so hard. Never in a million years I thought I was gonna I was gonna become I was gonna make that a business. And for me it was just work and, and the more you move up into the ladder, like for me it was starting as a janitor then uh, working as a supervisor, then working in the day shift, dealing with uh, with uh, with clients, and and getting to know all the paperwork, all the uh, how to do inspections, how to uh, put the time cards with the other coworkers or employees. That's one of the things that got me energized and 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 left me not thinking of my past. And mm-hmm. and for me, that was my my getaway. Get, get away from the past and let's move forward. So I put all my good energy into that. A year passed, but when a year passed and I became a manager and I was making more money and, and it was an incredible blessing because we were so extremely poor. A year later, um, my, my, uh, we were living in this tiny trailer. I don't know if you're familiar with South Phoenix, but it was in or North, uh, West Phoenix. It was on 67th Avenue in, in Ben Buren. And sorry for the word, but we call it the, 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 the trash of the humans because they were all like drug addicts, prostitutes, and there were this little trailer parks. It was bad. Bad people live. <laughs> but we moved into one of those trailers. It was my mom, my three brothers, my two kids, and myself. And it was uh, one bedroom, one bath, uh, living room, and a kitchen. Tiny trailer. So we moved in there. But I that was my first property that I owned with my own money. For me, it was my palace. Yes. It was so good. And I remember I still have the little notebooks. I have a little calendar, like a little notebook that I remember that I had to put, okay, uh, $20 for gas, uh, $200 for this, the rent space. And I was budgeting. I didn't even know how to budget money, but I know I had $600 every two weeks and I had to make that work for the next two weeks. And I had to buy $50 groceries. And, and it was that's how I started learning and how to being responsible and budgeting my money. And then all of a sudden my sister gets in a fight with her husband and she's, she has four kids and, and, and so she moved in with us okay. and there was 15 of us in that little wow. trailer. I don't know how many. <laughs> and then, Oh my God. So things got crazy and we were taking turns and, 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 and uh, using the bed cause we had one bed. And everybody was working different shifts and we all help each other taking care of all the kids. So, and then one, one morning, it was in a Sunday morning, I get up and I get my cup of coffee to go to work. And then I just remember two roaches jumping into my coffee because that trailer got so full of roaches. (laughs) It was so disgusting. And I'm like, this is it. I can't take this anymore. So we went, I went to work and on my break, I sat down in a, in the in, in the cafeteria, and I saw this newspaper. They had this this uh, flyer says "HUD Home." Are you are you want to get your first home or something like that? And I looked at that, and I says, "Oh my God, can can I really get home on my own?" So I called this company. It's Suburban Mortgage. I hopefully still exist. And I call and I says, hi, my name is Martha. How can I apply for a home? And they, they told me, are you own a home before? I said, never. Do you have a job? Yes. 
do you, how much uh, do, um, are you uh, low income? I said, yes. Do you have credit? And I said, what's that? And I'm oh. like, what is <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have credit, ma'am, I said, I don't know what's that. What does that mean? And then I, I, they explained to me, says, no, I don't. How can I get credit? And then they told me, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to go open a, a debit card. You have to go open a, a bank account, get a debit card slash credit card for $300. And then you start using that card to put gas, buy groceries, blah, 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 the whole thing, right? And I tell but that's going to, how long does it take? It takes three months so they can start reading your, your, your name needs to come up on the credit your report or something like that. And I says, oh boy. So they told me you have to do this for three months, but at the same time, you have to make a little bit more money. So I ended up working that as a, uh, working as a janitor at nighttime and in that facility. And then I got a, 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 a part-time day job as a waitress in one of the Mexican restaurants. I had two jobs. I had two incomes. And for me, that was, I didn't even have time to do anything. Thank God I had my sister and my mom to help me with babysitting the kids. But day and night, work for the next three to four months until I had $1,000 in the bank. Wow, good for you. And, and that was just like day and night. Then life did not stop. For me, it was like a, I was laser focused. And I had to have those thousand dollars in the bank, and I had to use that credit, the debit card, so I can start. So people, the bureau, the credit, they can start seeing my name out there. Six months later, I go back to Suburban Mortgage, and I said, "I did what you guys told me to do. So, what's next?" And then they says, "Ma'am, you don't have good credit. You don't have bad credit. You just have that." And I mean, they did everything, and they did. I think uh, two weeks later, they call me and says, "Ma'am, you are approved for sixty-seven thousand dollars loan." Yay. <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord! <laughs> Can you believe? For me, it was like a miracle. It was like a, a single mother working as a janitor. This this program is they could help, and oh, that was just like. The first thing I did, I started jumping up and down, and I said, "Can I call my mom? I'm gonna call my mom. I'm gonna call my mom." And I and and then I I drove back home, and and my sister, my other sister, was visiting there. Her uh, her name is Petra, and then I said, "Mom, I had the paperwork and everything." I said, "Mom, I just got you our first home." Oh, that is this, a sweet time. What that, what, is, what a good memory. I know, no, it 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 is like for me it's like it was yesterday. This and the thing that for me okay, I'm gonna go back a little bit. At the same time when, when I was I was working this this job and everything, I was dating this guy. But in my head, if somebody wanted to date me and wanted my, uh, you know, take me and marry me, whatever, they had to they had to uh I was not going to buy this home for a man to come into my home. This was my, the home for my mother, my brothers and sisters. Every time they would fight, this is the family home. If somebody wanted me, they had to take me out of that home and together we have to buy a different home. But to be independent for me to buy a home for my mother, because we never in our lifetime own a home before mm-hmm. here in the United States. That was our first time and me getting it for her. I felt like a million dollars. Yes. And, and, wow. and, 
doing it like that, it was just a big blessing and praying and, and believing. And I'm like, holy cow, this is the American dream, right? Right. <laughs> so after that, then then uh, we knew we had to pay the mortgage for $500 and bills and all that. So then, of course, everybody had to pay their share living in that home. And then three months later, uh, the guy who was, I was dating, he asked me, proposed to me to get married. And, and, and he knew that he would not move in with us because that was my mom's home. And of course he was completely from a different world. And, and, uh, he's, uh, he just graduated from, uh, um, uh, university and he was still paying his loans. He was not rich at all. And, and, but he was very smart. And one of the things for me when I was, I was uh, in the dating world again, it was to change my mentality and who I was going to date. I, unfortunately, I said I will never date another Mexican guy, mm. even though I'm Mexican. I need to change my focus on a completely different culture because of what I went through. I closed my heart. I didn't open my heart to love, love someone. I just had to use my head and my mind, what's good for my kids and myself. And for me to make that decision, I got a lot of, a lot of family members says, what are you doing dating people that are not a race? And I'm like, it's my life, not yours. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> That, and that is very common in, in our culture that people, family will, will tell you they think what's right for you and what's not. But I was supporting myself. I was doing everything on my own. I didn't depend on no one. That is a, one of the empowerments of, yes. of, uh, of women empowerment that once you do it on your own, you just don't want to let that go. What you, you don't want to, what the other things in my head is, I don't want to look for someone who can support me. Right. I want someone who can put me wings and make me bigger. Yes, and make me fly higher than what I am. I don't need somebody who can control my time. I need someone who can tell me, let's do this together so we can do better. It, yes. I pray for that. And guess what? It came. He was there working late at night, working in his uh, office. And I came at nighttime and cleaned his office. And we chat and, and work because one of my things for me is like, I want a, a father like that for my kids. Definitely. I want someone who can, who can be smart and help me uh, guide my kids not to live in the hood. Since somebody who can be help me guide my kids the right way. And I was not thinking with my heart. I was thinking with my head. And when you do that as a woman, a single woman, single mother, when you think like that, things change your way. Yes. Because you're focused on what you want. Nothing is going to stop you if you just focus. That's right. Don't listen to family. Don't listen to friends that are talking negative or putting you down. Surround yourself with people. They lift you up, not put you down. And I, that's what I did. But in my world, it was so, it was, it was like, uh, how can I say it? It was so 
I didn't have time to think about the negatives. I didn't have time to do anything like that. So I was working, I was moving up in the ladder. So to five years later, when uh, I knew left and right how to handle the janitorial contracts in bigger facilities, my boss was so dependent on me that I was running his whole uh, business. 95% of his employees didn't speak English. He didn't know Spanish. So I was always that translator. I was... Uh, taking care of his clients and employees, vice versa. So five years later, I said, he, he, I was tired and I said, okay, I want to move on. I want to do something different. And I told my, my, uh, my now fiance and I told him, I says, I, I think I'm ready to move on and get my own franchise because I know how to run this. I know how to get, uh, I know how to, if they give me the contracts, I know how to run them. And that was in 2001 when I decided to make that change. My boss did not like it at all. Sure. But but I said, okay, it's time for me to be independent and get my own business. And unfortunately, he was so, he was tired of doing this type of business. And uh, one of his biggest clients got so used to me and how I run the, the business. He says, he told my boss, Martha, if you, if you leave this, account, your boss is going to lose it. And and that client told that to my boss. And my boss says, you know what, Martha, I'm going to retire. You want to buy my business? Oh, well, that was (laughs) that was a good decision on his part. (laughs) uh, You know, it was it was another miracle is because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm full of energy. I was so energetic and, 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 and and focusing on what I want, how I wanted to see my future. And, and, and it took us a lot of, a lot of, uh, hard work numbers to hire a lawyer to do all the paperwork. It took us like six months. It was, Mm -hmm. it was very hard, but we did it. We closed the deal and there was another biggest challenge for me personally, because now we had to work for the next five years to pay off this business and pay my boss probably eight to $9,000 a month for the next five years. So just think about that. That was the whole responsibility in my back. Mm-hmm. I could not lose one account. I had to double the business. So there was another change in my life that I had to be laser focused. Mm-hmm. I'm working 16 hours a day to make sure I pay off this 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 uh, business that we got. And to be honest with you, those three years we can talk. I mean, it went they went so fast. I didn't even feel them because I was so work work day and night sure. during the day. During the day, I would work with the clients, and then after four o'clock, I would I would go and work with my people and I cleaning toilets and showing them how to do it right. So I would change hats day, night, day, night mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next, uh, you know, three, four years. But in, thank God in three years in 2004, I, I double my business. Wow. So I end up, I started uh, with 30 employees, then went to 40, then went to 50 and 60. So I end up paying uh, like a two years early. That, nice. that, that, but it was 
And that's when, uh, after I paid off the, the president of the, of the corporation, the Janet King Corporation, called me and, and asked me, Martha, what is going on? Why are you so successful? What's your life story? And I was sitting in the office and I remember telling him, I said, what's my life story? And that's when you sit down and you look back in time and I'm like, holy moly, 10 years I got shot. Wow. I'm a, I'm a survivor of domestic violence and I started as a janitor and here I am talking with the president as a franchisee and franchisor. He wants to hear more about my life. And I opened a, a, a Pandora box because I those, I never talked about what happened to me. Nobody in my world knew that I got shot except my family and wow. my mom. Even I even buried it for my kids. When he asked me that and he, he told and I said, Martha, can when I told him what happened to me, he says, Martha, can I use your story to inspire other women? And I say, sure. No problem. But I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> because now they're, they're, he's, I'm going to send a, a guy to do an interview, to put you in a newspaper, blah, blah, blah. And when that happened, I, I'm like, <gasps> now what? Now I have to tell my kids what his real dad did to me. Mm. My Now my fiance, I have to explain to him all the things that the crazy guy did to me. So my first interview, it was a, it was crazy because I could not stop crying mm. because they were asking me questions and I'm like, I, it was so hard, so hard, but it was part of like, okay, my therapy. Sure. It's time to bring it all out. I'm okay. I'm doing great. Um, business is growing great. Family's doing fantastic. Everybody's doing great. Now it's time for me to open up and, and tell my kids this is what really happened. Mm. And it was one of the hardest things that you can go through to tell your kids. Of course. By then, he, one of my sons was 12 years old and the other one was eight. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> that, that was another hard Thing that I had to go through, but I faced it and 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 I went through it. I run. I, I worked while I was I was uh, growing the business. My husband still works as, a, as an engineer, working his regular job and um, doing uh, his thing. But I was not a U.S. citizen then, and I was not married with him yet, because one of my other goals was until we are financially equal. I don't want to marry someone that makes more money than me. For me, being financially independent, it was a big deal because in our community, in our, in our, uh, they think if you marry me as Hispanic, you marry a, 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 a white person, that means you marry him for his money uh, or his title. Sure. For me, it was like, no, he gave me the ring in 1998. And I didn't marry him until 2008. And before I marry him, I had to be a U.S. citizen first. And I had to be either making more money than him or equal money. And we never, never, never share bank accounts. He has his money and I have my money. That was a big, big, big thing for me, oh, being sure. independent. Right, of course. So, and I can walk anytime from that relationship without feeling that I needed him. Yes. 
That was good. <laughs> that is a good, healthy place to be. And <laughs> once you are in that in that place, life keeps happening. Good things keep coming to you. When when and you're you're giving, you're helping, you're you're doing the the, the things that you want to do from your heart. It, life is so beautiful. I'm so thankful. I'm I'm so blessed right now. I mean, I've been doing literally for 18 years. My business has been running for 18 years. Oh wow! This is a janitorial company. Every three years, uh, the the big contracts they get replaced and and and, and move to a and a cheaper or a better cleaning company. Right? I have clients that are being there with me since day one. Wow. 18 years. Yes, and my, wow. my company, I mean, for the last, since 2003 until now, is billing from $1.5 to $2 million a year. That's fabulous. It is uh, being in, like I said, remember, I was unfortunate. I dropped out of high school. Yes. I, right. I survived domestic violence. I, I uh, grew up in the hood. And I did it. I am living my American dream, a very independent woman. And if I did it, anyone can do it. Yes, that's the motto here on our podcast is <laughs> if she can do it, so can you, which I am glad our listener is hearing that, <laughs> hearing that from you. And you've said some really great things. So you, you went from getting married for someone to take care of you to becoming independent before you married again. And I love what you said where you were laser focused when it came to buying a home and also the point where you had a decision to make. Do you go on food stamps or do you get a job and working for yourself, which was a great decision because you had the choice and when you receive that income, how it empowered you. And that is a big reason I'm doing this podcast is because then it did give you choices and it built your self-esteem after being put down and beaten down physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah. The by last your thing former I, husband. Right. The last thing I wanted to be is dependent on someone. Yes. The last thing I've been already dependent on that crazy uh, guy. And now I didn't want to be dependent on the government because that's the right. other thing for me. I don't want free stuff. I want to work for it. Yes. And that is, that is once you, you, you change that mentality, that thinking, because no matter how much you get, I mean, as long as you work, you sweat for it and it feels so much good. Yes and somebody giving it to you that just makes uh, uh, for me personally i it's very hard for me to accept things like i'm I'm gonna give you this it's like you know i will accept it but it's very hard for me to say no I, i really want you to do whatever you can do for yourself and 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 just work work and and earn everything you have Right. Don't the, don't ask for a handout. It's really that was my good. thing. Good. Well, it's a good thing though because the the feeling of accomplishment is a wonderful feeling. Success is so satisfying. It's so much more satisfying than 
as you're saying, the government handouts. Now, there's times we do go to the government programs, uh, the charities, but that's just to put you over a hump, not to make it your lifestyle. And I appreciated what you said about how you're focusing on how to see your future. And you went step by step in becoming successful and you were on purpose in learning the business that you're in. You weren't just doing your job with your head down. You were looking around. How is this run? How can I make it run better? How can I do this myself? And this has been so wonderful, Martha. Is there, what would you like to share as we finish up this wonderful podcast and, and your your totally amazing story of doubling your business and just three years I would say I would say don't ever give up if you think you hit bottom the only thing you have to do is go up yes don't look back first love yourself everyone has a special star in their heart and their mind everyone is unique in this world like I said there's a million janitorial companies out, out there and I'm giving advice to some of my competitors because I'm me. Nora, you are you. You are unique. I'm unique. And that's why every woman in this world needs to see themselves in the mirror and says, I'm unique. I'm special. Yes. I'm going to love myself. And the more you help yourself, the more you can help others. Don't start the other way. First, take care of yourself. Yes. And then... You take care of the rest. That's right. That is great advice. Sometimes we just have to put on that oxygen mask. You know, when you're flying on an airplane and they say, first put the oxygen mask on yourself so you can still breathe to help others. That's right. And that's right. And that's what I did. Me pounding and crying in that car for days and days until I started growing my own empowerment on my own myself. And that smile, I would fake it until you make it. Remember that. Sure. Just smile. It's smile and smile and and think that the world is going to be great. Exactly. And it will be great once you put that in your head. Exactly. Good thoughts to think, good <laughs> things to do. Thank you for sharing. This was absolutely marvelous. I know you're going to help have helped and will be helping so many women, especially ones that have lived through domestic violence that there is a way out there's a way to success and if yes, she is. can do it so can you thanks exactly thank for you Nora. listening okay <laughs> bye for now bye well my friend thank you for letting me be with you today please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast i am nora ellen your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.